What's up, Bandive crew? James here. And before we jump into this episode, I wanted to ask you a question. Have you ever wished there was a way to connect with me as well as other listeners in real time? I have the solution. I finally got around to making a Bandive Discord server, which is people have been asking me for years and I just wasn't listening. I wish I had done this sooner because I couldn't be happier with the results. It's been fantastic. And we would love to see you join us. We have discussions about the music business, gear, the podcast, and a general channel as well. You can join the discussion now by visiting bandhive.rocks slash discord. Again, that is bandhive.rocks slash discord. Welcome to episode 113 of the Bandhive podcast. You're listening to the Bandhive podcast, the number one online resource for DIY bands to learn about the music business and touring. If you want to turn your band into a lean, mean touring machine, you're in the right place. Now, let's get this show on the road. It is time for another episode of the Bandhive Podcast. My name is James Cross, and I'm not here with Matt Hose of Alive in Barcelona, but we have a very special guest, Brandon Austin of the Maguas. How's it going today, Brandon? Great, man. How you doing? Glad to hear that. I'm having a great evening so far. It's 7 p.m., so it's early for an evening, but... In the middle of January, it's already dark. So, I mean, <laughs> early's relative, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, you lose the sun at like four. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't understand bands who do winter tours. It's like, but by the time you get to the venue, it's dark out. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. It, it loses the magic of you go into the venue during the daytime and then you come out at night and you're like, oh, cool. Now we get to go to the next city. Yeah, it's all darkness in the, in the winter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although, I mean, I guess maybe the darkness could do a winter tour. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> and, and they could just change it up to, I believe, in a thing called daylight. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're not here to talk about bad puns and references to uh, 2000s British rock bands. We're here to talk about the Magwas and how you harness Spotify playlists as part of your promotional plan. But before we jump into that, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Who are the Magwas and how did the band form? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so the Magwas uh, from Scranton, Pennsylvania, emo alt-rock band, uh, we formed about, it'll be our four-year anniversary in May. And we actually all went to the same high school together. We all like knew, knew of each other. And the, and the other members in the band, they were in like a little band group before, nothing serious, but before this band formed. And it started with, it was like a, a, a weekend in May, and uh, our singer Eric sent like almost like a drunk text to like seven or eight musicians, and we all said, yeah, we would do it, and we and we met for one weekend, and within like 10 minutes, the, f- the first two guys quit. <laughs> <laughs> so you got you got the lineup you have today, but at that point, we were, we were really just looking to do some covers and do some bar stuff, and I think within a couple months in, we realized like our, our first show was in July, so we had to go a couple months to practice and and by that time we realized okay like we you know we sound pretty tight together and then we started writing music and it just formed into this thing where we we started you know realize okay original music is the thing we want to do and yeah it kind of just all organically came to be this original emo band from Scranton and 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 it's been a wild ride since we decided to take that leap and I'm super fortunate for how everything's worked out but uh it's crazy to think like a drunk text led to this <laughs> yeah I mean hey every band has a story and that's yours that's just how it goes exactly <laughs> which when you said a weekend in May I was like oh metalcore band name right there yeah there it is <laughs> I can't believe we missed that as we were forming like ah we should <laughs> yeah rebrand yeah <laughs> you're metalcore now <laughs> And that seems like a very Scranton thing, too. I mean, I live out in the middle of nowhere, and we have metal everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. 
We do too. I'm sure somewhere. I mean, obviously we had. Uh, I wouldn't consider them metal, but I mean, Breaking Bad who's like hard rock. But then you have what is that? Motionless and White. They're like metal ish, right? Metal core ish. Yeah, they're yeah, they're metal core. I always forget they're from Scranton. I hate saying that. Like, I don't listen to them, but I really, it's really not my genre. So I don't really like pay attention very much to them. But yeah, I always forget they're from here. It's like, oh yeah, they're from Scranton. Like, cool. You know, like, I, I'm more of like a like Menzinger's Tiger's Jaw. They're all from this area as well. So I fall more into that realm, I guess. Although I never found a title fight, which is weird. A lot of people will come up to us and talk about the effect title fight had on them. And I'm like, that's awesome. I could name you one title fight song, which makes me which makes me sad and feel like such a poser. But like at the same time, I don't know. You know, I, I just miss that coming up. I wouldn't feel bad about that. I've seen them three times opening for other bands, and I don't know a single song title either. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just, you just kind of vibe with them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like okay, they're they're cool. I mean, they're good, but they're title fight or were are or were I don't remember these days. Were are I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, man, Menzingers, those guys are classic. That's a, a good band to look up to and, you know, maybe open some shows for if the opportunity presents itself. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. There's been a couple times where it's like almost happened. Oh. We're just waiting for the day where like it finally fall, like comes together. We know they know who we are, which is cool. I mean, that's like cool enough for me. They play a hometown show every year. It always lines up that like, you know, somehow we can't do it or or. or they come in with a different touring package or, you know, things change. And But one day, one that that would be really cool because we, we went, I mean, like I said, doing like the cover thing, like we used to play bars and we would cover my friend Kyle and uh, I forget what other song we covered by them, like older Menzinger songs. And we'd be like, yo, you guys got to know this band. They're from this area. We freaking love them. <laughs> and like, I, I think it'd be crazy to go from that to like, opening for them and playing it on the same stages and I think that'd be incredible. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the kind of experience you would never forget. Like, I hope you guys get to do that. That would be so cool. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, you can always ask them and uh, I'm probably going to butcher this pun and this is a different band or something, but you could just be like, hey, this is the real world. Come on, like, let us open for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> oh, that's all Bandhive is, is a collection of bad band puns. Perfect. Anyway, before I make more puns, I'm going to reel myself in here and uh, get to the actual topic at hand, which is how you use promotion for the Maguas. And before we dive into what you're doing with Spotify. Can you give us like a um, a top-down view of all the promotion and marketing that you do for the Magwas? Like what avenues are you pursuing there? Absolutely. It's kind of crazy. So right when COVID happened, right? I'll start there. We'll take you back to 2020, March 2020. We, in that January, had just recorded what is now, as you all know, as one of us is lying, our first like full EP recorded in studio kind of deal. And we had all those songs finished, ready to go. And we also had some music videos already filmed for it, which is great. So COVID happens, and now we're like, okay, well, we're not going to be touring on this record. All of our tours for that summer were canceled. And the band kind of uh, took a step back and said, okay, we're going to go to the internet. We're going to market ourselves. We're going to you know, do what we can and get out there. And at that time, this is pre-Apple versus Facebook like marketing changes. So I sat through a bunch of courses. There's a, a bunch out there. Uh, the best one I, I would say that I sat through was Todd McCarthy's band Builder Academy. Todd McCarthy, for those who don't know, was the um, he worked at Fearless Records for years and years and years. Signed all your favorite bands, made a parade. You know, all those guys from Fearless before the, the changeover to what it is now. Um, and he runs a class that talks about you know Spotify and understanding the basics of Spotify for an artist who wants to you know figure out the algorithm. How does like a something that's like an algorithm playlist versus an editorial playlist work? 
So we went through a bunch of that stuff. I learned a lot about marketing and, and advertising that way. And then, you know, we, we decided to, to, to go full in on that. And, and that includes a lot of intricate steps and a lot of planning. I would say like the most important part of this entire process is the planning. At the beginning of every year, I will send the band a 20-some page document of every single step of what we plan to do for the year, including our goals, including what it is we want to hit, what it is that we missed in our goals from the year before, what we hit from our years before, and kind of like recap and kind of decide, okay, what worked in the process, what didn't, and how do we, you know, better that moving forward. So I can get into all of that. That would be great. I figure that's a pretty, pretty like nice dive in there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, the fact that so many bands are out there without a plan, and this is something we don't talk about on the the show that frequently, just because it's like, yeah, have a plan, but depending on what the band wants, what their goals are for that band, it can be so different. But I'd love to hear more about what goes into that for you. Absolutely. And, and what's funny is with that plan is it sometimes it'll change when you, when you start to gain perspective of what's important or what your band feels is important. So for us, you know, that first year, it was, you know, streaming numbers. We wanted to get our streaming numbers to XYZ. At that time, there was um, a great course. I forget who it was from, but they spoke about getting 20,000 streams in 28 days, your release cycle for one single. And at that time, the way you would do it is, you know, you would set up your Facebook ads and you would run your campaigns and you would, you know, promote yourself also organically. And we were able to do it. And that was without any editorials, just mostly just paying to get your, your name out there. So then this year we put out a new record, Evergreen, and things had changed, right? So Facebook changed its privacy rules. So we, we lost some data sets, um, which made it a little bit more harder to reach audiences. And it was a lot more expensive to reach audiences. And also, which I think a lot of people are, are a little unaware of, or maybe they are a little bit more aware now. And, and this one really goes out to the smaller artists out there. It's that the Spotify algorithm changed substantially. And so did the internals of Spotify. So I'm a numbers guy, right? So I follow a lot of stats. I follow a lot of, a lot of bands and I collect a lot of their data and I watch and see trends. And one trend that happened specifically in 2021 was that smaller bands um, weren't landing as many edit- editorials on Spotify. And when they were, they weren't hitting the numbers that they previously seen. So an example of this would be, let's talk about a band that I absolutely adore. Calling All Captains from Canada. Fantastic band on Equal Vision. I believe now they're on New Damage from Canada. It's like a subsidiary, I believe, of Equal Vision. They are a band who... Fantastic music, great streaming numbers in 2019. They they hit a couple songs had a million streams or like 500,000 on Equal Vision, you know. And now and now fast forward to this year's record, still performing well if you look at the data. But the difference is like you're not seeing those million streams, you're not seeing those 500,000 streams. You're seeing 200,000, maybe 300,000, and that drop is across the board. I mean, you look at bands like Mayday Parade who put out a brand new awesome record this year. You know, they used to be able to put a song in a million streams. And now, you know, you look after a month, they're at only maybe 300,000, 500,000. And you're like, well, what what happened here? It's still a little ambiguous as to what exactly happened at Spotify. But I, you know, through the grapevine, you hear things about editorials not fully updating or not being updated within certain months. Bands only landing, when they used to land like five editorials, now they're only landing one. Just a lot of, I don't want to say strange things, but a lot of differences from what it was in the past. And so I think... I don't think it was an inflations issue. Like I don't think some I don't think these bands, you know, had inflated numbers and now this is the truth of what their numbers are. I just think exposure is becoming so much more difficult on the platform. And I've spoken with some label heads about this. I've spoken with some other bands about this. And 
their feelings currently is that it is a oversaturation thing and not like a significant change in Spotify. They just feel like there's so much music being put out right now because of the pandemic, because of everything. And, you know, worker shortages too and all that jazz, that it's it's really kind of jamming things up a bit and you're not getting that exposure that you ex- expected. And so going back to your original question, for us in this cycle, our minds have changed from, you know, just trying to get our music out there, trying to get as many people to hear it in a cold audience and try and get them to become warmer and really focusing on the tangible things that we could do. So we moved more into getting our name out there on bigger publications, trying to land bigger shows, and really focus on moving our band forward in that realm because we realize like our numbers are our numbers and we're proud of where we are as a band on Spotify, but we wanted to try and and find the things that, that we could physically hold on to and really promote ourselves with for this new year because it's kind of like that that argument with Facebook. Like you don't own that audience, right? Like you... You're on Facebook, and if Facebook were to turn off tomorrow, how would you contact that audience, right? And so you want to find ways, tangible ways, to be in touch with your audience and be able to connect with your audience outside of those platforms. And that's kind of why we started moving this way. Like, okay, well, if we can get people talking about us in the press and other ways, like maybe we just felt that that was a better spend of our money. And maybe maybe we'd be able to hit our audience better than just hoping that we'd hit an editorial. That was a little long-winded. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're good. But it sounds like basically you're saying don't put all your eggs in one basket. Spread it out so that when one platform sees a big change, you're not screwed. You can say, okay, well, that sucks, but we have three other platforms to rely on. We have this, this, and this, and we can still do that. Out of curiosity, since you said you specifically mentioned ownership of your your list, basically, or of your data, do you have an email list for the band? Uh, yeah, we do. And we, well, we've gotten about it a couple of different ways. So we used to do it with um, like capture forms and things like that. And then that seems to have been the easiest. I have seen now recently by working with some, I don't want to say older bands, but bands who've been doing it for a long time, they have like email lists at their merch tables. Like, hey man, just like you want to sign up, just drop us an email, like we'll send you a coupon for merch or like whatever. And people are still into that. People still do that. And I think they like that connection with the band, you know? And I think the audience, I don't think they realize the truth of why we actually need to do it. But for example, you have a new release come out, right? And on Spotify, unless you're like in the beta program, you don't really have access to Marquee yet, which is like a advertising platform on Spotify where you can reach your followers directly when you put out a new song or whatever. You could rely on release radar, but typically you only reach about, you know, let's say 15 to 20% of your actual following. So with a you know, email blast, you could hit all of your fans at once and they'll all get that email. Whether or not they open it, that's up to them. But you'd hope that if they're on the email list, they'd at least like have some interest in in at least opening an email from you. So it's something I think is overlooked by bands, but it's definitely super important. And there's a lot of platforms now out there that really encourage it. And I think that's super important. Like um, Bands in Town. We never used it until this year. And I absolutely love it. I absolutely love the way it integrates with our calendar and with like we can make an announcement. And it feels like the algorithm on Bands in Town in general is always pushing for your band, right? Like, I mean, we just signed up and out of nowhere, you know, you gain like 40 new followers because somewhere around along the way, they're pushing your band somehow or another. And I love that. And you can email your fans directly, you know, do all that kind of stuff. Super important. Yeah, I think Bands in Town is a great platform. And there's also another app like Bands in Town that does almost the same thing. But I wanted to circle back to what you said about taking email signups at the merch table because I think that's so important. And my favorite execution of this that I've ever seen was an iPad at the table where you type in your email so you don't ha- the band doesn't have to like read bad handwriting or drunk handwriting <laughs> at the end of the night and put that all in. 
and then just offer them some small thing like a free wristband or a free sticker or something like that in exchange for signing up. And that's like the easiest thing to do because then people get something right there, right then. It's tangible. Oh, man, I, I love that method. It works so well. Yeah, and don't be afraid to even say like what the purpose is for to your fans. Like, listen, if they're at the merch table and they liked you, they saw your sets the first time seeing you and they thought you were cool, you know, just be honest. Like, listen, when we put a new song, we will send you an email. We're not going to email blast you once a week. Like, it might be once every three months, once every six months. Like, just be honest with what your intentions are for the email. It's like for myself, I don't personally use it every time we have something happen. But especially with music releases or a new music video or something where it's like significant, where we put a lot of money into it and a lot of thought and we want, we think our fan base would want to see this. That's what you should use it for the most. I mean, you're not going to announce every single show that you're going to do on an email list because, you know, you're going to have fans all over the country eventually. Hopefully that's the point, right? So you don't want to tell, hey, we're playing like Orlando tonight. It's like, okay, cool, but I'm in like Scranton. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> why are you blasting me with this? Even people get annoyed about this, like the craziest things. So be aware of that. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And if your mailing list software lets you put in locations of the zip codes, or at the very least states, do that. Your life will be so much easier. Life advice. (laughs) Yeah. Well, one other question that I had from everything you were saying here is you've mentioned now two different courses. How many courses have you taken to further your progress with a band? Mm -hmm. My craziest course that I took was through a company called Toned. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but Toned is like a... uh, advertising firm they do a lot of different things but they kind of make advertising easier through facebook if you're not familiar with the platform that's kind of how i learned facebook ads was through tone done but we took i took a course with them and it was actually a case study because we were able to kind of i i mean i really excelled in that course we were able to take our our following by like two thousand new followers on spotify in a month or something which was like ridiculous yeah it was a really really cool like i was running some wild ads um but I did Tone Den. I did uh, the Spotify playlist challenge with uh, Joey Sturgis. That was like early on in the band's time. And Tyler Smith. That was a really fun one. It's kind of just like a like a band exchange. It's like 400 bands. It's like, okay, follow my band. I'll follow your band. It's like, you know, it's like old school marketing like kind of deal. But it worked. It was a lot of fun. And that was like early on. And then we did, like I said, Band Biller Academy. And um, so I'd say about four or five courses by, by the end of 2020, I'd, I'd gone through a lot. And now I, I actually rely a lot on, with all these changes, I go to, to YouTube a lot and I'll, I'll look at, um, Andrew Southworth has a great YouTube channel. He, he'll walk through, because like, he's an artist too, so he'll walk through his past year and say, these are the ads I run. This is how I set it up. This is how much money I spent. This is what worked for me. And I think for a lot of people starting out, like he's a great resource because he's, he's doing it. And it's funny because... What he does is very similar to what I do, and we often end up in each other's related artists because I think it's like just hilarious. Like, oh, look at us! Um, another great. This is probably my, my top resource currently is Simple S I M P L. Anthony Pacheco. Yeah, yeah, and and the website is like what is it? Keep it simple. He is a fanta- fantastic resource. He's a he's a real real person. He's very genuine, and he's not like a gatekeeper. He will if you have a question, he will try and help you as best as he can. This is a very confusing topic for a lot of bands, a lot of people. And he has been like the light in the dark for so many people, including including our band. I mean, I remember when he first started doing like a Patreon and I was like an early supporter of his Patreon because I was just so in love with his philosophy of like just helping other people. Um, and he's still about that. He has his own record label now. He works for Sony. You know, like he's gone pretty far in, in the past couple of years. He's got a great TikTok too. So if you guys are on TikTok, check him out. 
that is a huge, a huge resource for a lot of people. And a lot of it's free. So go after it. <laughs> yeah. Like a year and a half ago, it was like, who's Anthony Pacheco? And that's like, everyone knows Anthony Pacheco. Like the dude just skyrocketed. And what I should mention real quick is all of the stuff that's been mentioned so far will be in our show notes at bandhive.rocks slash 113. That's the number 113. So you can head over there to find all these links. You don't have to listen and write them down. Just go to bandhive.rocks slash 113. And uh, you can just like command click on everything and open everything in a new tab and go sign up for it. Yeah, excellent. Perfect. (laughs) Got to make it easy. Anyway, well, first of all, thank you so much for like just the info dump of all the resources that you use for the band and what you've been doing the past couple of years. Now I want to jump into the Spotify playlists that you run yourself. So you've got three major ones. I looked at your Spotify and it has like 600 playlists or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) I don't know how you manage that many playlists. I have like two and I can't keep up with them, but the three biggest ones are pop punk influences, emo anthem rock and underground mixtape. Um, which have almost 8,000 listeners, just over 4,000 listeners, and just under 4,000 listeners. So those are like really good third-party playlists. Like that's a good size. How do you harness the power of those playlists to boost the manguas? Yeah, you know, I. so a year ago, it was I was really, really invested in these playlists. And, and I would post every week. Every week I would make a post about the updates. I tag all the bands. I do all these different things. Um, And it was a really great way for me to get to know the scene currently that I am in and get to know a lot of artists that are writing amazing music that aren't really being appreciated fully yet. And then Facebook changed to like that new version. And it made it so hard for me to like not keep up with the place because I still update it weekly. But to make those kind of posts, like tagging became such a pain. Like I couldn't even like... You tag one band and then like next thing like you tag you try and tag the next band and you can't find the next band. You're like, oh my God, this is such a headache. And I used to love that. Like I used to love to be able to do that kind of shout out, but things changed with Facebook and it just really became such a like tedious thing. I could like it would take me an hour to make a post. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm just wasting time. So now I, I've turned right into just like, you know, making the updates and telling bands when I've added them. And there is a huge overhaul that's actually taking place with these playlists. And I'll get into that in a little bit, but the way I heart, like I said, it started off as just being ways to like highlight bands that I enjoy, that I'm aware of. And I meet these bands through Facebook groups, such as um, it used to be called, oh gosh, what was it called? I think you know, Pop Punk Networking Group. Yes, a networking group. And now it's, it's like alternative. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Alternative networking group. But that was where it all began for me. And that's where I met some amazing bands. And from there, I kind of like would take my own knowledge of the scene and the bands that I was really enjoying. So there was, at the time for me, I was really falling into, you know, like the Youth Fountain, the Congo Captains and the and the Goalkeeper and, and uh, Chief State. And so I would like get those bands, add them on, and I would do like tiers almost. Like, here's a band I just discovered and here's these bands that like are kind of popping off right now. And I do like, you know, your Hot Mulligans, your Mayday Parades and all that stuff. I do that every week uh, or bi-weekly for the Pop Punk one. And then on the other weeks, I would do Emo and Underground. And it just kind of started to pop off from there. And I used to take submissions and listen all the time to these submissions. And I still do submissions, but now I do it a little differently because it's, I used to go from getting like, you know, 10, 20, 30 submissions a week to like 200, 300 submissions a week. (laughs) Yeah, it's brutal. I've been fortunate enough to get some really awesome submissions from like, I think my favorite one was from A Day to Remember or Good Charlotte. Those were like, like, wow, like, look at this. And, uh. I got to speak with Jake, the drummer from Mayday Parade. Um, he had a solo project and we featured him on the playlist. And I got to speak with him and he's like my idol. So that was like a huge, 
you know, wow moment for me. And it really popped off. And I kind of took the past couple months away from the posting side of it. And there was a reason for that. I kind of wanted to rebrand in a way these playlists and find a way for me to take it to the next level, if that makes sense. And this is kind of like a, it's kind of a reveal, but I've been teasing it for like a year. I'm going to be moving it into this whole, I'm sure you're familiar with like High Road Publicity and or Jesse Lee. Um, he has a great TikTok channel. He does playlists and news and all that stuff. And I've, he has a podcast as well. And he's, he's a phenomenal person. I've worked with him a lot on a lot of different projects. He's kind of inspired me to take the place a bit further. And I'm going to be kind of moving into the TikTok realm with the playlists, as well as bringing back the posts and the highlight features. But it's going to be a little bit more like specially curated. It's going to be a little bit more weekly refresh. I think I think the one you're going to see pop up the most pop up influences. I think that one's going to be kind of the special one where people come to every week and like, okay, here's here's the newest news in pop punk. What tours are coming up? What news is happening? And and when I'm talking about tours and news and new songs, I'm talking like from top to bottom. I'm talking the Mayday Parades, the Real Friends, all the way down to like the Mogwas, the Calling Out Captains, the the newest band that that happens to speak with me that week. I'm not gonna be able to get everybody every week, but my hope is to kind of shine a light on all the things. You know, like there's this wonderful band called Glimmers. They just announced that they're gonna be playing a show with like the home team, and I think this Wildlife maybe is the band that's on tour. And they're opening for them. Like that would be a highlight that I would have for that week. And my hope is to kind of grow those playlists using that wild, wild west algorithm of TikTok while also promoting them on my end using social media, using the tactics that I've already used to get to where it is to kind of take it to that next step and continue to highlight, like I said, the, the amazing bands I've been meeting and, and speaking with. It is a lot of work on the back end, but I'm I'm that's why I've been taking so long to really prepare for it and kind of be like ready to, you know, hit the ground running. It's okay, we're ready now. You know, we have all of our all of our ducks in a row and now we're just going to launch and see where it takes us. I think that's going to be coming up within the next couple of weeks. I think our hard deadline is February 1st, but it might even drop two weeks before that because I am kind of like ready. I'm itching to go. I'm just collecting the last minute things and then and then you're going to see a big push for that. And I, and I hope that it comes across your your screen sometime soon. So. <laughs> well, awesome. I'm going to have to, are you already on TikTok? I am. I'm on my personal page and the Mogwaz page. That one is not. I'm not sure yet where where we're gonna launch it from. Where where the band and I spoke about, it, and there's a lot of debate about whether we want to launch it as its own entity or do it as we have been since we started the playlist, which was through the Magua. Like the Magua has always been where the updates came through, right? So you go on social media and you'd see the Magua's posted a new playlist update, and then we'd have you on our story and we'd give a lot of shouts because back then you had to have a certain amount of followers to link things. You know what I mean? So like we were using the power of the Magua's to kind of get their voice out there, and I think. I'm not sure where that's going to go. I don't know. I'm not sure if we're going to run it through the Magwas or not. But you'll, if I do launch a different channel, you, I will make everyone aware of it for sure. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah, so I'm just going to throw out there, you're at the Magwas on all social media platforms. So uh, that'll be in the show notes. And this episode comes out on uh, January 25th. So if you know by then that it's going to be a different account, just let me know and I'll put the updated account information in the uh, show notes. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, I'm super excited. I think, you know, Spotify Place, I'll get into more of the the growth side of that when 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 we get to the next segment. I think it's really opened a lot of opportunities for bands and it's 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 definitely a lot a lot of work. There's a lot of like late nights, like wait till midnight till the new song comes out and then you're like curating at like one in the morning. But if you really have a passion for like supporting other bands and and, and it can't just be about like your band, you know what I mean? Like it was 
that was one thing I think where we kind of tried to separate ourselves was, yeah, we still have our songs in there. And yes, yeah, sometimes we have a song at the top because, you know, we're still trying to promote ourselves as well. And that's important. But for me, it became a lot about like, I want this band on the cover. I want to talk to this band. I want to, you know, it's kind of like getting your foot in the door to just network. And that's such an important aspect of the music industry is speaking with other bands and networking with other bands and making friends. And that was kind of our avenue of doing it. And I'm, I'm super proud of how far it's come. And I, and I have a feeling this new, this new avenue is going to open a lot of doors for us and a lot of other bands too. So I'm super excited. I think it's great. First of all, that you highlight, you know, you're not doing it just for yourself. You're also highlighting other bands that you actually care about. You enjoy their music and that's why you're sharing them. And I think that's one of the most important things. It's like in the music industry, people recognize authenticity. If you go out there and you're just talking about yourself all the time, no one's going to care. But if you're highlighting other people in the scene and helping people, like you mentioned with Anthony Pacheco and Simple, that goes a long way because people pick up on that and say, oh, like, look, you know, yeah, they, they have some products and services. They're asking for money, but a lot of the content is free. This is great. Like, let's share this. And that word spreads. It's all about giving back to the community. And there's a great book. I don't know if you've read it, but if you haven't, it sounds like it would be right up your alley. It's called The Go-Giver. Are you familiar with that? I'm not, no. Okay, I would definitely recommend it. It's like 110 pages, maybe 115, something like that. And it's a a great story just about how helping other people out is gonna be really useful to you. And obviously you're already doing that, but just like understanding the framework behind it, I think is so important too. Like we mention it on the podcast all the time. It's such a good book. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have to get into it. It sounds literally right up my alley. So yeah, and it's like twelve dollars on Amazon. Oh great, <laughs> it's like a dollar per ten pages. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, great book. And uh, you know, you you mentioned the next segment, and I had on here how big of a role do the playlists play in your overall promotion strategy? But I think we already kind of covered that with all the other stuff you're talking about about Facebook ads and the mailing list, and you know, they are one part of the many eggs in the basket that you have. So I'm going to go and jump on to the next thing, which is what kind of tools do you use to manage the playlists? Because obviously, like, you're getting so many submissions, there's no way you can just handle that all in Facebook Messenger or something like that. It used to be Google, like Google Sheets. I used to do like, I used to have like, to submit, you would go on Google and you would send me, you would add the song link and your band name and then I would have them do, I used to do even ask them to pitch it to me just to practice their pitches and, at one point, it just became too much data, I guess, for me. I was like, okay, this doesn't matter to me. Like, I just want to hear the song, you know? <laughs> like, so for myself now, I kind of, I still use the Google Sheets, but it's just like submit your song link or message me. I do that too. Um, I have used tools in the past. Such as there's this website called Daily Playlist, which is a playlist website that's free to use. Uh, they are moving a little bit more into that, like, what's the one that uh, you like pay for, like? Submit Hub? Yeah, Submit Hub. So they have a feature like that now that they've incorporated but that's only if you want more submissions. Like it's still free, 25 submissions for free. But that's a website that I've used because I can integrate it onto my own website and have people just like submit to the playlist without having to like fill out a whole Google form and do all that stuff. So it's a little bit easier for me to track and kind of like takes me right to your Spotify page. It, it, you know, I can go and like follow your band. I, I do that a lot too. Like when people used to submit, I used to go to their band page and follow them just to give them, just to give them a follow. Like even if I didn't like their song, if I didn't add it, which is rarely ever the case, I would always go and follow them and just like kind of give them the support that I feel like they need, especially in the early phases of a band. So Daily Place is one that I, that I that I used, and it's it's a great resource, and they're definitely making a lot of changes there to make it more. You know, they're trying to make it more band centric and give people opportunities. Like now they have like a battle of the band kind of thing every day, where like it's two songs against each other, and you can vote which one you liked more. Um, and if you like win that day, you get you get left on their like homepage for a day. It's kind of like a you know like 
just to get more people to hear you, which I think is a really cool feature. And again, this is a free a free website. Like anyone can use it. Super, super cool. I definitely recommend it for bands just looking to submit. I I won't say I've had the the greatest in terms of my own band, like submitting my our songs to playlists on there. I haven't had the greatest like turnaround times or anything like that. But if you know someone like myself, like I'm weekly, like in terms of curating, like so that's for me as someone who who likes to update playlists, like that is nice for me because I can go on, look at the submissions, uh, get through my personal submissions because I'll get some stuff from like PR companies and bands just hitting me up in my messenger and kind of be able to siphon through the rest of them and say, okay, like this is where I'm at. But that's really it. I mean, a lot of it is just me kind of, you know, if someone sends me a song and I don't have a chance to listen to it, it's typical that I will add like 99% of the songs that I sent to me. It just depends on what playlist that they land, right? For a while, I had I had broken it down to like, you know, my metalcore bands and like my heavier rock bands for like on the emo playlist and pop punk is mostly pop punk. Underground was like the in-betweeners, like the indie people or whoever. And then I kind of expanded even a little bit further and those playlists aren't as big, but I have one called Beat Down Mondays, which was actually curated for a while by our singer. And that was like heavy, heavy music that I just, because I'm not really into that genre, but I, my singer is. And so when I get submissions like that, I send them over to him. He's like, hey, if you want to add this to the playlist, like go ahead. I also have like my own personal playlist called like Late Nights in My Car, which is like indie music. Um, it falls, it has a lot of different bands on there from like Acoustic Hot Mulligan to like Novo Moir or Bon Iver or you know, acoustic real friends. Like it's got everything in between uh, Harry Styles, but like people will send me some indie stuff and I'll be like, this is sick. I'm going to listen to this on my own. But those two specifically, I don't really promote that much. And they've still, they still grown a little bit. I think I have a little bit of a following in terms of like curation. People just really like to see what I'm listening to, I guess, because they've talked to me and like, like sending their bands to me and seeing what it is that, you know, cause there's bands out there that research curators. And, and I think that's important and I think that gets to like my biggest advice point so far is before you submit to any playlist, check out the playlist and see if it's right for you. A lot of people will just submit to submit to any playlist. It's important to actually listen to the playlist and be like, oh, okay, maybe I should submit to Underground instead of Pop Punk. You know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, they'll just, you know, I'll have people who will submit to all three of my playlists and it's like the same song. And like, well, these are three completely different playlists, <laughs> you know? So, but that was one, one word of advice. My second word of advice for that is, Check the last time that the playlist was updated. If you can start to realize, like, I'm very vocal about, like, oh, I'll either update weekly or bi-weekly, and I'll let people know. I'll be, this will be updated again in two weeks, and you'll see that on, on the playlist. The only time where that changes is the holidays because the music industry shuts down for, like, three weeks during the holidays. So I kind of just, like, chill and spend time with my family. But uh, check and see, and you can see this on the website, on, on Spotify, like the web browser. It'll tell you last updated six days ago two weeks ago, four weeks ago. And if it's past the month, your likelihood of really like landing on that playlist is, or getting a response from that curator is probably going to be slim. So try and find the ones that are being updated constantly and support those curators too and support those artists on those playlists. That's that's super important for growing your own band and growing, you know, helping grow those playlists that you want to support. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to say like what you were saying about listen to the playlist first, that is one of my biggest pet peeves. <laughs> yeah. Bands who say, oh, check this out. It'll be a great fit. It's like, this is death metal. (laughs) I have an indie rock playlist. What? And just to put it in perspective, like, I used to do radio. I have an email that is in no way connected with radio or any real music industry stuff. It's like my personal email. And somehow a bunch of French publicists have decided they should send me their French EDM tracks. 
And I'm just like, what? How? Why? So Yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't even do radio anymore and I never did EDM. It makes no sense. So I 100% agree with that. You get the struggle. <laughs> yeah. And the other stuff is great too. Like those are all great points, but I just, I resonate with that one on like a core level. <laughs> and you can probably tell I'm like pissed off. I'm like, oh, those people. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, anyway, man, I wanted to keep going down this, uh, this path of talking about the playlists. How have the results been so far for promoting the Magwas from those playlists? Because, you know, Spotify has all the great stats where you can see how many plays you're getting from each playlist. How's that campaign going? Yeah, it's been kind of wild. Like We get broken down. When, when the song is in like the top 10, right, you might see anywhere between like 3,000 to like 300 streams from pop punk places al- alone. And it varies, of course, because, you know, every month to month, currently, the, the what's the word, like the advertisement or the spread of it has been kind of like, we've taken different approaches to kind of see what works and what does like, like, we've gone to TikTok, we've gone to Reels, we've gone to, you know, running ads and kind of seeing, okay, like, what works a little bit better. But it's really, it's definitely helped us grow. It's helped us gain a lot of new listeners, too. So when we, when we run, one way to spin it, right, from an advertisement perspective is like, okay, I can run an ad saying, listen to my band, right? And you can be like, okay, sure. Maybe I'll check it out. Maybe I won't. Or I can run an ad about a playlist. Like, hey, do you like pop punk music? And you can feature XYZ band in the advertisement and say, if you like bands like Hot Mulligan, Mayday Parade, check out this playlist. And you could do some sort of music feature. You could even have your band's music playing. If your band sounds like pop punk and you're doing a pop punk playlist, put your band as the advertisement sound, but run focus the ad on the actual playlist itself and people will check it out. And if your band is at the number one spot or the number five spot, if you get someone who get who comes in and sees, oh, there's my favorite band, Neck Deep, and number two, um, I don't know who this band is at, at number one, though, or number three. Let me let me listen through a little bit. Like, there's people out there that want to discover that kind of stuff. And they want to they have their finger on the pulse and discover new bands, too. But also, they have to have something familiar to them to kind of make that click, Right. And so when we were like full-fledged doing that kind of approach, I mean, our followers went up on both the playlist and our own bands. Our listeners went up. People were sharing our music a lot. And yeah, it, it's mind-boggling once you really get into it. And if you can figure it out, how important it is of a tool. And I'm not saying every band needs to do this. I'm not saying like this will make or break your band. But if you're someone like me who likes to really discover new music and support other people and dedicate a good chunk of time to that, this is this is a great way to kind of get your foot in the door and help your band out and help other bands out too. Yeah, I mean, 300 plays, like there's so many bands who would literally kill for 300 plays. And that's like on the lower range. If they get 3,000, there's so many bands where like they get 1,000 plays in their first month total. And it's just like, okay, I mean, hey, good for you, but you can do more with that. So that's huge for you to be able to give that opportunity to other artists that you're putting on there. And then when you have new music to do that for yourself too, like that's huge. That's amazing. Yeah. It's been wild. (laughs) And so you started growing this playlist about two years ago. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy enough. It was actually, I remember one of the first updates dropped, we were on tour with a band called Sender Quest. We were playing in Atlantic city. And I remember like sitting in the hotel room, like doing my first like post about it or whatever and being like, Oh, we'll see how this goes. Like, I forget what bands I featured, but like, then I, I saw some great feedback from it. I kept going, I kept going, I kept going. And I was like, oh, wow, this is actually kind of becoming a thing now. And then all of a sudden I became the playlist guy. And that was it, yeah. you know? 
That's going to be your stage shirt from now on. Yeah. <laughs> Plain black shirt, white letters, the playlist guy. <laughs> yep, yep. Submit your submit your, your songs too on the back. It'll be like the link to the submission site. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> oh man, well, hey, this has been super helpful. Thank you so much for sharing all this information. All of the links, like I said, will be over at bandhive.rocks slash 113. So you can go click there. We might have set a record for mentions. Our previous record was 250. We did an episode talking, my co-host and I, about our uh, top 10 favorite albums each. And then we had like 15 bonuses each. And then we were talking about songs and producers. So we got to 250 real easy. But I think this might come close. Yeah. We'll see what the final count is. But anyway, before we wrap this up, where should people go to learn more about the Magwas and your playlists? Absolutely. Uh, definitely check out the Magwas on, on all social media. It's just at the Magwas, and that's M A G U A S Magwas, which I'm, they'll be, it'll be linked. You know it. Um, for myself, if you have any questions about playlisting or even just like promoting your band, and I offer, you know, I'm not like a charge for consultation. If you have if you have questions, I will give you to the best of my knowledge what I can do to help you. And just feel free to reach out to me. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. It's just at Brandon Austin. You'll find me. I'm a pretty friendly guy. So I'm just like, yeah, whatever you need. I was just speaking with a band from like California or whatever. They were asking for advice on how to push your next single. And I was like, okay, well, here's what we do. You know, what's your budget? What are you looking to do? And and how, like, is your band, is this band for hobby? Is it your, your life goal? You know, like, and let's see if we can hit those marks. You know, I'm all about hitting those milestones and supporting bands. And if you want to be featured on a playlist, just hit me up. Either hit me in my DMs or... Um, you could submit on the Magwas official website, which is themagwas.com. There's a tab playlist. You go there. You just drop your song link into it, and I take care of the rest. In the future, in a couple of weeks, who knows, by the time this airs, uh, you might see your band name tagged on a, on a Facebook post. You might see it pop up on a TikTok. Just, you know, keep your eyes open and, and be ready because it's going to be a great time. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Thanks so much, Brandon. And I just want to toss out there, I can vouch for how friendly you are via messenger because <laughs> my friend Dustin from Two Eyes Open said, oh, hit up Brandon. And I did. And here we are doing this interview. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Dustin. <laughs> great guy. One of the best. Yeah. Yeah. Dustin's awesome. Two Eyes Open is a really fun project. And uh, uh, I think he's got some more exciting new stuff coming up this year too. So I'm sure he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't wait, man. Well, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. And I hope you have a great evening. Same to you. Thank you for having me. That does it for this episode of the Bandhive Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. And big thanks to Brandon Austin of The Magwas for coming on the show to share so much knowledge about Spotify marketing and marketing in general and really setting an example for education and having a plan. I love that he was talking about having that full year plan, that 20-page document. Like, that is amazing. That is key. If you want to actually do something with your band, set your goals, close your eyes, and find out what you need to do to reach those goals. That is how you grow your band. Really nothing you can change about that. Then once you have those big goals, figure out each step you need to take to get there and write those goals down. So as you're going along the way, you can check things off. That is how to make a plan. And then of course, everything he shared about Spotify. Like I am a Spotify noob myself, so I'm so happy to have Brandon sharing his information about Spotify. And I highly recommend you 
check out all the links he mentioned. Like I said, they're in the show notes at bandhive.rocks slash 113. You can just go ahead and command click all of them, open up all those tabs. I know you have like 30 tabs open anyway, so just go ahead and do that and learn, 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 learn. Education is so important. We'll be back with another new episode next Tuesday at 6 a.m. Eastern right here in your favorite podcast app. Until then, thanks again for listening. I hope you have a great week. Stay safe. And of course, as always, keep rocking. Hey, you. Yeah, you with the headphones or the speakers. You've made it to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. While I still have you here, if you're not already in the Bandhive Facebook community, it would be great to see you there. We have over 600 like-minded musicians who are asking questions, sharing their experiences and advice, and much more. So if you want to improve your band's business, look no further than the Bandhive Facebook community. You can find it by searching for Bandhive on Facebook, that's B-A-N-D-H-I-V-E, or going to bandhive.rocks slash group. Again, that's bandhive.rocks slash group, and that will automatically redirect you to our Facebook community. I look forward to seeing you there soon.